Welcome to the Inspire the Vibe podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Amber. We started this podcast because running a business can feel lonely at times, like you're on an island. And the truth is you're not. There are so many people out there experiencing the same peaks and valleys that you do. And every week, we'll be interviewing one of them, an inspiring, enduring, and driven business owner just like you. We're so glad you're here, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Today, we're talking to Chef Marco Hilton. Born in Sonora, Mexico, he worked as a chef for eight years in Scottsdale and downtown Phoenix. During the pandemic, after being furloughed from his job, he started doing independent pop-ups. Together with his team, they focus on Mexican fusion cuisine, showcasing their skills learned in professional kitchens in different parts of Mexico. Their unique culinary style is defined by the use of smoke as the main cooking element in their dishes. Join us as we explore his culinary business journey. Let's welcome Marco Hilton. Hey, Marco. Hello. Hello, Christine. How are you doing? Doing great. We're so excited to have you with us and learn more about your business. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm super excited with you guys having me. I'm more excited than you guys are. (laughs) With that, let's talk a little bit about why did you start your business? So we started third floor because in 2020, the pandemic happened and everybody was losing their jobs. And I was one of them and I was a sous chef in downtown and it's called Pigtails. It's a raw bar. Mm Mm-hmm. It's pretty nice. It's a uh, speakeasy. Mm-hmm. Also got a good relationship with the owners, but it was just a rough year for everybody. So yeah. uh, actually it's called third floor smoke because I was living in the, an apartment complex on the third floor and I had a little smoker in the, in the patio. So we had to kill some time and we started smoking barbecue in that little smoker. And we started selling the neighborhood. Like months later, we started doing pop-ups in North Phoenix. And in 2021, that's when we started doing the farmer's market and it's been crazy since then. Wow. wow that's, that's a cool story. That is. And I was going to ask you about the name too. So you're, you're, I'm glad yeah. you explained that. That's awesome. You wow. must have, you must have had a lot of neighbors who were like, oh yeah, Marco's at it again. And if I just kind of go casually pretend I was just, you know, walking in my car, maybe he'll give me some, whatever he's cooking. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> we started making scarves because we were walking in the, like you said, walking in the parking lot and you can smell the barbecue from, from the parking lot. So I was like, mm. I told my wife, like, what do you think about selling, start selling a barbecue here? And she's like, what? Putting business cards in the garden and, and, and people start calling and it was crazy. It was, I don't know, it's still, it's still crazy. It blows my mind because I come from traditional kitchens and doing that and sometimes kind of be sorry in a, in a cool way what we do, the pop-ups and everything that we do. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some of the dishes. Let's talk about, is, so is everything that you make on the smoker or is there something that you're like, oh, it's got a smoke element, but this is something that people don't normally expect? I think in everything in, in our food is has a smoke element involved. I, I love it. I think it is a, a spice itself, a flavor itself. Like it changes everything, you know, when like you cook a steak on the grill compared to a, a wood fire grill, a gas yeah. grill, wood fire grill, like, oh my God, yeah. the, it's a world of difference. And, yeah. and my whole team is their chef trained. So we love to play around with that, with the smoke element. Everything has to be smoky. That's what I said. For example, we do birria and everybody's doing birria right now. But we try to do like something different and we smoke our birria kind of gives it like a barbacoa-ish 
Flame mm-hmm. of Cortese, and people were like, what is this? But it's like, it's Bebe, bro, you know? It's just our style. We yeah. started like yeah. trying to do barbecue, but now we kind of represent our own style of like dirt floor, or we call it street kitchen. Okay. All right. I love that. And this is really close to dinner time at the time of recording. So everybody's like, oh, this, this, they're going to leave this conversation very hungry. What is one of the most complex dishes that you make? Because smoke is an, it's a nuanced form of cooking. It's not like you add a, like you said, you compared it to an ingredient, an ingredient though, you typically measure, you can't really measure smoke. Right. And you can certainly overdo it. I'm assuming. So what is like some of the complexities or just some of the interesting dishes that you make? Well, for example, the, the thing about the fire management, that's, that's key as a, as a pit master and involving the, the barbecue element, because like you said, you can easily over smoke anything with what it's called a dirty smoke. It's like that white dense smoke and you have to find that or deliver that ability of doing what it's called a clean smoke and maintain your level temperature all the time. That's kind of like the hardest thing. Your mm-hmm. your temperatures, your your fire management, and then involving the back the chef background too. So like that's kind of like what it makes us difference the the barbecue element and being chefs. So maybe like complex stuff. Yeah. I think like it's complex since like from the pork belly that we smoke it for like six hours and we make a sauce and then cook, smoke it again for another six hours to like breaks down in the sauce to form like a chicharron and salsa barely. So like, I think like everything's has this not complex city, but it's love. I love that. I love how you said there's just so many different parts to the process and that learning. And I'm sure sometimes you're like, oh yeah, that didn't go very well. <laughs> you need to back it down or change it going forward, but it's not, it, it's not as easy as it sounds, right. To make sure that these things process, say that again. Process. It's always a learning process. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. What's the most popular dish? What's your most popular dish that you make? Smoke brisket. Small brisket, mm. small brisket beer, yeah. A classic, yes. a classic. Let's go back to the business for a second then. So of your experience, your chef experience, and now with the street kitchen experience, what are you most passionate about what you do? Everything. I I, I love food. I, I was a banker in Mexico for four years. I went to college for business administration and I never felt like a fit very well. Like right now, you know, like being like, (laughs) I used to wear ties and suits all the time. And, and as soon as I walk in the kitchen, I fell in love with the people, the heat, the, the violence and the love, the passion sometimes and, and put all that in the pot. And that's why I love what I do. And I feel like it need like for someone to be drawn to that because I've never spent time in a kitchen, at, at least a professional kitchen, but it, it can be a little like things can get a little intense by what I've witnessed on television or even just seeing things like the intensity of some of the more higher profile restaurants in San Francisco and things where you can see how fast and there's almost a it's almost like a symphony in the way that everybody's working together and it's 
energy and it's a little bit of throwing a little bit of chaos and a lot of creativity to create this amazing experience. So when people have that, they're like, oh, this is so good. But yeah, I feel like it's definitely says something about your personality that you're, you're drawn to that environment. Cause I think that environment would make a lot of people uncomfortable. It does. It does make you uncomfortable. Like it's in the beginning, it was very hard for me because you deal with the older cooks and the older chefs. So like you said, like now I see there's a change in, in kitchens. There's, you don't see that angry chef who's yelling at the line. Sometimes even in the nineties, I hear people telling me stories or in the nineties or even before, like getting pens, throw at them, hot pens. Did you, did you say pens or pans? I want to click. A pan, a hot yeah. pan. Okay. Just making sure I heard that right. It's crazy. And you hear that from the chefs that are like over 40 years old. So that was the way they learn. And I kind of had like the tail of it mm-hmm. in the last eight years. And it is crazy. It is like you said, it's a little hostile, the, the ambience. But at the same time, it is kind of like, a, like you said, it's like a ballet mixed with the military. Mm-hmm. So like, all right, we are going to tease you. We're going to poke you and all this. And to like prove you're one of the boys, because we, when you're one of the boys, they got your back. So like it is, it is a, it becomes a family too. A weird family, like that you're teaching all the time. <laughs> that you may fight with. <laughs> so you said the yeah. kitchen. It, rem- the it kitchen. reminds me a lot of my Mexican family, to be honest. <laughs> the kitchen has changed from what it used to be, where there was a lot of pent up, maybe frustration, some aggressive behavior, things like that, to a mixture of the ballet and and military. Yes. Is that what you're saying? That's for me. That's awesome. I that's love a that. Kitchen, you know, that's a a ballet who runs like a like the army at the same time because mm-hmm. there are a bunch of it is it is rough. It is it is hard to do what we do, and and everything is against the clock. So yeah. And, and when you work with people who really care, like that makes a difference. But at the same time, it's it's under pressure. And I don't know it's it's crazy to love it. <laughs> I, I don't remember who said it. it was one of the chefs. I think it was Mario Batali who said, the thing I hate about the kitchen, which is the heat, the, the high pace, the the pressure, the, are the same things I love. <laughs> and it's crazy because it happens mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. It's like something about accomplishing at the end of the night, serving 400 people and everybody came out happy and they love your food. So like, like you said, creating that experience, like, that's... That's priceless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they actually, there's there was a saying, if you can't stand the heat, then get out of the kitchen. And I think that's for a reason because you, it takes a certain type of person to be able to handle that type of environment in you know in those kitchen environments that Amber was talking about with like the you know the high profile restaurants. It really is takes a certain type of person. Yes, yeah, yeah. In, in higher end restaurants is. Back in Scottsdale, for example, the last restaurants I work, I got to give them a shout out because they're family too. Ren and Wolf here in downtown, Chico Malo too. So I love them, but it gets crazy, you know, and they, they know how to do it. They know how to do their stuff, but it's one of those restaurants where you have to perform 100% every night. 
that's where the whole line too. Yeah. And it's what I, as you're talking, I'm realizing that it's an environment. It's, it's a unique business environment in the sense that you have to create almost something that's neck, that next level experience, which takes a high level of creativity, but that it has to be the same thing over and over because everything has to be consistent. I can't come and get the dish today. And then it's completely different tomorrow that I had a 10 of an, you know, a one out of 10 experience today. And I had a five out of 10 experience tomorrow, because I think, isn't that what makes restaurants great is that the consistency, but also you experience something incredibly special, but you just have to do it a hundred times in a row, <laughs> exactly the same way. That That's the challenge. You know, that's, that's, that, that's what makes you into a real cook before even a chef, but, but that's what makes you a real life cook. Is to perform and every time and have consistency, like you said, and like consistency has to be like your, our religion as a, as a cook, as a chef, because you said it the perfect way. You can, you can have a or your clients having a great dinner tonight and they come back tomorrow because they loved it. And it's a total different experience. So mm-hmm. you have to be always, and we all kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, aim for the stars like we, like, like we said but it has to be consistent mm-hmm. so do you have without giving us any details do you have a juicy kitchen story you can share with us anything in your career you're like well this happened one time without giving out any specific information juicy kitchen story <laughs> <laughs> there are a bunch of them from the fights in the walk-in because there's no cameras in there and you get the people who are like, all right, there's something happening on the line. Let's go to the walk-in. You see that? Do you see that happen? Wow. Wow. I seen people fail under the, we have our, our roof, right? Our, the, 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 the roof for our kitchen. Sometimes we got to go up there we were cleaning, you know, that's that's part of the, the, the kitchen job. One time we were doing that, we were doing deep cleaning. It was a very slow, slow day. And I had a, one of the guys were cleaning the roof. And I don't know how he was like standing. He slid, but he was staying on the plancha. It was like a 42 inch flat, flat rail. And he fell on a hot. We're trying oh. to like move him. And like, it was like a two second thing, but it was... Oh. Just long enough for like burn like half of his body on oh. this side. Oh my gosh! Right away, that wasn't battle great. wounds, battle yeah. scars from the yeah. kitchen, <laughs> battle scars and duking it out in the walk-in. <laughs> that might be the that might be the title of this podcast. <laughs> right, I like it. I like it. <laughs> kitchen so, battle scars and fights and in walk-in the walk-in fights. Yeah, like you get scars from the ovens, you get all your burn marks. So like, I call them free tattoos. That's how I call it. Kitchen tattoos. Yeah. So of everything you've done in your career, in your career, whether it's as a chef or even through the the street kitchen experience, what's been the hardest part of it for you, and and how did you overcome it? I think finding my style, definitely finding my. My own style that I have it now, I, I, I have my own style defined, but 
and there's eight years like trying to find your own voice, your own style in the kitchen, especially with chefs, like older chefs who don't want to teach you or they teach you the wrong way. So you don't learn the right things to like, I don't know, some type of jealousy that, and, and especially translate that to the, to the pop-ups, to the pop-up scene. I think that's, has, that's, has been the hardest because I feel it's very hard getting respect as a street chef, as a pop-up chef. I don't know how to call it, but I don't think it's even a thing, but let's call it that way. A street chef with a pop-up chef. I was even talking about this with Lawrence and my friends from Chilte. I don't know if you heard about them. Mm-mm. Chilte, they do, they start with pop-ups. They, they do, then, then got a food truck and now they open a restaurant over Grand Avenue and they do like new Mexican version of, I don't know how to call it, but it's pretty good. I, I, I love how they present Mexican food and they combine it with what Lawrence has learned in the kitchens and he makes it with all these different styles, but it's Mexican food, the, the soul of it. So. And what did he say about that as far as get, you know, getting that the respect is, you know, because now he has, now they have the restaurant. I said it, and that's her, his girlfriend, I think. We were talking about that, how hard it is to translate that respect from the pop-up to, to the restaurant, because now they have the restaurant and, and, and it's still hard. Mm-hmm. So finding your voice in the kitchen, like how harsh the environment is, I think that's probably one of the hardest things. Mm-hmm. It sounds like this is a, a journey that so much of it is dictated by what you're going to, how you're going to choose your path, how you're going to choose your path and how confidently you're going to walk in that path. Because at the end of the day, respect is, it comes, we get respect by how much respect it starts with how much respect we give ourselves. And so I think it's almost about what I hear you saying. And we, we, all of us, any business owner has experienced this before where you think, oh, I'm just this. I'm small. I'm starting. I'm not as big. I'm not as important. I don't have the Instagram following. Like whatever those narrative are, narratives that get into our brain. But at the end of the day, it's, I mean, you ask any of us you know, that would I respect a street kitchen chef just as much as I respect a restaurant chef? I would because for me, I just, I want to have a great food experience. Mm-hmm. And I've had amazing. Oh, Kristen has too. Kristen and producing markets long in this company, long before I even came along. I mean, she's worked with incredible pop-ups. Um, and in some ways you could argue there's challenges in each business model, totally respect running a restaurant. We all, we all know those hours and how difficult that is, but there is something to be said about the pop-ups and marketing yourself and finding the right place to bring your pop-up and the team that you bring with your pop-up. I think the whole thing has got its own set of challenges and it deserves just as much respect. Yes, I, I agree totally. It's, it has its different challenges, the kitchen, the pop-ups, and but you have to be a little bit crazy maybe to love, to love it <laughs> to the point that, that we do. So it, it all comes from love, to be honest. You have to love this career because it's really hard. And it's like you said, it's a, it is a... It is a profession where you like a journey. Sorry, it is a journey where where never ends. It's, it depends where you want to take it. There's nothing wrong with people who wants to be a line cook, but 
sometimes there's guys who want to be a, a chef and that involves a lot being mm-hmm. a chef. Where does this go for you? Now, I know that there's, like you said, with the one restaurant you brought up, that they ended up going to, you know, from pop-up to restaurant. I've also seen very successful pop-ups and trucks almost get like this cult following status where we see a lot of those that originally came out of like Portland where, I mean, they would go and they would sell out wherever they would open up. So where's your vision? Where do you want to go with this? You know, what, what do you see for yourself in, in the future? I like, uh, I eventually want to have my own restaurant. I, that That's part of the plan. But I like keeping third floor as a, like kitchen, street kitchen. So we're just like defining details, like making making it better, but making the experience better. But eventually that's the plan. Like bring, like you said, I, I was I was born in Sonora, but I grew up in Tijuana, Baja California. And that's like why I represent the most because that's where I grew up. I was made and the roots of my kitchen or my cooking becomes all oh, it comes from a lot from from Baja, especially from Tijuana. And of course, like Sonora, I see like all my my moms and my my family's cooking. But to bring that part, because I don't see it represented as well over here in, in Arizona. Mm. There's a hard representation for or the Sonoran kitchen. And now I see Oaxacan kitchen coming too now, <laughs> which I love it too because that's another that's kind of like our the heart of Mexican kitchen, Oaxacan cuisine. But there's a lot of amazing mixes or fusion that happens over there in Baja because we are a border city. We are a border town. You have Japanese, Italian, Thais, places, and and put that all mixed together and they create some crazy dishes. And that's what we're trying to do over here too. To like, hey, there's a little corner over there in, in in Mexico, called Tijuana, Mexico, and we make this really good food too, you know? So that's that's part of the blend. Mm, I love that. We typically ask people who inspires them, but I feel like with everything that you've talked about, I kind of want to change that up a little bit and instead say, after you've come this far in your career and you talked about the influence of other chefs and whether they did train you or didn't train you on the right ways, what do you see for yourself? What's the legacy? What do you want to represent to the chefs that are 10, 15, 20 years behind you? Maybe even just starting out with a bunch of ideas and a bunch of a bunch of enthusiasm and creativity. What do you what do you see yourself representing to them and how do you want to support them as they come up in their careers just by being you and doing what you're doing? Well, I try to do, I try to do it now from my, from my pop-ups. I always say, tell my cooks or my chefs that I'm not trying to create cooks or like a cook mentality there. So we're a chef-driven kitchen or a chef-driven pop-up. And it's, it's, that's what I'm trying to leave to my, to my cooks or my chefs, the work ethic, you know, it's like you, you, you can perform or work at this level, but without have to be called out or have that Gordon Ramsay type of chef next to you screaming on your ear. You know, you don't need that. So to find that 
balance balance way of working. That's what I want to leave to my to my chefs or like eventually the 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 future the the future chefs that are behind us. And especially again, making emphasis on representing the that side of Mexico, Baja California. And be like, because I see a lot of chefs, I, I've been known like either street chefs or cooks or people who own other pop-ups or food trucks that are from Tijuana and they're doing like different styles too. Like, so like raise a hand and like, hey, we got this thing going on over here too. And might sound like a little bit of a cliche, but if I'm doing this, honestly, like anybody can do it. And, that, and that's kind of like the, the main lesson for me that I can leave to somebody else like yo I always had that odds against me and we're still doing it they still are sometimes when we're still doing it so there's no way that you can't do what you want to do yeah it all started from the third floor I love it I feel like the name of your business is so inspiring and I hope that you are able to tell that story I think you should do a real telling that story i don't know is there a real nope but we should make one that's a good idea jen jen help your brother out (laughs) (laughs) all right well we know we can find you on taste of az you're on there all the time but where can people find you well first of all thank you to jen thank you to a taste of az she's really cool Thanks to, I'm going to give a bunch of shout outs to a couple of foodies. Drink AC, Melissa Naya, she's great. There's like a bunch of people here in the food industry who, who help people like us, like who are passionate about what we do. Han from Food Authority too. He has a big account in California. He's opening his account here in Arizona. So you see people like this, that they see people like us and be like, that guy is crazy and I like what he's doing, you know? So like they come and they see what we're doing. They like it. They support us. They do all this stuff for, for the matter of the, how do you call that? The culture of the food, you know, the foodie culture. And then at the same time, supporting other businesses or small businesses. So I appreciate it. You can find us, sorry, (laughs) with all those guys and Every Saturday and Wednesdays at Uptown Farmers Market. That's on the north side of Phoenix, Bethany Home Road in Central. We do our pop-ups every every weekend there. And that's, I think, the biggest farmer's market in whole Arizona. We got like 200 vendors. We have a little bit of everything there. People, it's really great. It, it, it is a whole vibe going to the farmer's market on a Saturday. And plus, you can go visit us in our little smoky corner and we'll treat you good. Awesome. And what is your Instagram handle so they can follow you? At Third Floor Smoke. Third Floor Smoke with a three. Yeah. Right? Okay. Three RD Floor Smoke. Awesome. And are you on TikTok? Yes. TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook too. Same. At at Third Floor Smoke. Marshall, thank you. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, say that again? You can find my personal account too. What's your personal handle? Hilton on Instagram too. Okay. I'm about to follow. Sweet. Marco, thank you so much for joining us today. But like we love ending our day with this inspiring conversation with a business, a fellow business owner. We've all been through it, pushing that boulder uphill, starting our business. 
And I love hearing stories like this. So thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank you guys. Thank you because you're another group of people who are supporting us too. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, you're feeding us. So it's the least we could do. <laughs> well, it's all love too. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Marco. Thank you, Christine and Amber. Thank you so much. Did you enjoy that conversation as much as we did? If you did, make sure you hit the plus sign or follow button so you don't miss our next episode. Today is the best day to go out there and grow your business. So go kill it. And we'll see you next time.